Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Level Grinders podcast. My name is Adam, and I am your host today. Level Grinders is back. I'm going to talk about that here a little bit in a, in a second. But uh, first off, I want to introduce my co-host for the episode here today. I have uh, James from BLP Entertainment. James, how the hell are you tonight? I'm doing good. I'm really, really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, my normal co-host, Stephen, he he wasn't able to make it tonight. Uh, we were going to have uh, Luke the Llama on as a special guest as well, but uh, he couldn't make it either. So we're going to, you know, hopefully have a time where we can all get together, have an episode together and, uh, you know, do do the podcasting thing. So the last time you and I did a podcast together was back on Games Are Fun when we did our Returnal review. That's right. So Holy, that was, that's... <laughs> it was some time ago. <laughs> it's like a year ago, isn't it? Uh, roughly. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty close to that. Holy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so for those listening, Level Grinders is back. So this is a podcast that I was running me and my brother, Steven, where we were focusing our episodes on deep dives into RPGs. So we were focusing mostly on old school RPGs from, you know, like PlayStation, Super Nintendo, Game Boy. Uh, and then I, I think our, our most recent or our most current game that we did was Mass Effect. Those are actually all still on YouTube. Uh, so you can do a uh, search. It's, it's on the Games Are Fun channel on YouTube. You can go find them there. Or if you just search Level Grinders podcast on your, your favorite podcast service, you can find those episodes on there. This is the beginning of a new format. So we're kind of taking that traditional sort of uh, news, just general banter kind of approach, or we're just going to have fun conversation talking about news, games, industry topics, things of that nature. And we are still going to have those focus episodes where we do deep dives into classic titles, classic RPGs for the, the, the core of what was the basis of the original podcast. But now this will allow us to do more frequent content and then still have those focus episodes for down the road. So uh, it'll be exciting. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm really excited to be back into podcasting because it's been uh, probably, you know, maybe close to a year, eight-ish months or so since I did a podcast with Games Are Fun. And then that's since kind of, um, you know, that's kind of no longer a thing now. So I've just been kind of living in a void where I've had no podcasts <laughs> and I've really had the urge to get back to it lately. So I'm like, you know what? If I just got to do it myself at this point. So uh, I'm like, you know what? It's I'm I'm basically I was like, hey, I'm bringing level grinders back. If anyone wants to join in on this first episode, feel free to join in. So that's <laughs> that's where we're at. that's where we're at now. So um, but James, you've been uh, I, I've had a big break from podcasts. You've been everywhere lately. You are you are making the rounds. You are. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm kind of shaking off the rust right now, but you are like you're kind of the veteran in this position. Like back when <laughs> back when we did the returnal re review, the roles were kind of flipped. Where, uh, you know, I I had been doing it, you know, more frequently, and and you were kind of just uh, you you popped in for the episode. But yeah, like I said, now you're the veteran. You've been you've been doing a lot of stuff here lately. So tell tell everyone what you've been up to. Well. Yeah, I, it's so, so funny. I'm not a veteran in any way, but <laughs> I, uh, so essentially what happened is the beginning of this year or just or, or like very late last year, I got approached by the um, Mostly Normal Gamers podcast 
to be a kind of a, a just an extra pull me in whenever I can. And uh, they just kept asking me. So I just kept coming to the point where I'm I'm a regular on the show now, which is really kind of cool because I've always wanted to do podcasting quite regularly, but never really had that outlet. And I've never I don't know, I, I felt like I always need somebody else. And there's I didn't really have anybody locally that wanted to do it podcasting with me so i was like well i'll just like co i'll just jump in whenever somebody needs an extra or something like that and uh, yeah the next thing i know i was getting uh uh requests from uh the solo gamer podcast with taylor the savior and so i've jumped on a couple episodes with him and then uh yeah so it's just been i've been podcasting quite a bit and it's it's cool because it's something i've always wanted to try and now i'm i'm just doing it and i figured if any opportunity presents itself make the effort to do so because i mean half the time we're talking about video games and i love video games and i love mm -hmm. talking so mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome uh so yes yeah, i've been super busy now you don't just podcast you also you also stream too so um yeah. why don't you go ahead and, and plug your stream while you're at it all right, yeah, I stream twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. Mondays, I've been playing. Uh, I've played through all of the mainline Metroids. Uh, now we've moved on to Inscription, as well as The Last of Us Part Two. We're almost, we should be finishing next week. And uh, then uh, Luke the Llama, who you mentioned er earlier, actually got me into playing the Yakuza games, and that's what we're playing on Wednesdays. So I played through all of Zero, and we just got into Koami which is a remake of the first one. So we're going through the entire series. And so I've really got, um, I've got it, uh, my work cut out for me. And that's, uh, you can find me there at, at twitch.tv slash BLP entertainment. So <laughs> you can come hang out, watch me play video games poorly. <laughs> <laughs> sweet yeah uh definitely anyone listening if you're not following him definitely go drop a follow always a fun time um i you know i remember when you were playing uh space station silicon valley which was just <laughs> absolute ridiculous game because your wednesday games you know you have like a wacky wednesday theme yeah and i think that was that was one of your wacky wednesday games and and boy was that something else um and you've played Oh gosh, uh, trying to think what the what other games you you played on there. There was there's some really interesting games you've done on there. But yeah, now you're doing Yakuza, which are just uh, an absolute delight. I've played through Zero myself. I've played through, I don't know, maybe a quarter ish of of Kiwami. Uh, so I, I when I was watching you for a little bit last night, that was stuff that I had already done. I think you might be past me now at this point, or just still kind of kind of right there so i i need to get back to it because the yakuza games are great i just can't really like i can't really get into the brawler style of them whereas yeah. uh i know i know you're interested in playing like a dragon and i did play yes. that one and the it's I, i'm really excited for you to get to that game because it's it's really fantastic it's a great experience yeah no that the sounding i'm not a huge brawler either i like the, that style of gameplay i i kind of lose it the cool thing is the story and every and the mini games and everything in the background of Yakuza is mm -hmm. Yakuza is what's like drawing me to these games and makes me fascinated with it. The fighting is just like it's a means to the end, a means yeah. to the end, right? So exactly I have right. actually turned the difficulty down to like baby ass baby mode, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like. <laughs> 
flying through whatever I can, right? Because my goal is just to get to the next story piece and uh, and do that sort of stuff, right? So yeah, it's and it's fun because like the people watching, they're <laughs> they're they've become invested in all these characters that are are so iconic, and I'm learning about them for the first time mm-hmm. and. Uh, Kiryu and learning about Majima and mm-hmm. uh, and all of their their antics and uh, yeah no it's cool I'm re- I'm really digging the story so that's kind of yeah. where where we're at with it so can't wait I can't wait for the RPG mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> styled like a dragon I tell you what uh, maybe we can do an episode on that since this is level grinders after all uh, oh yeah again, started as an RPG. Uh, centric podcast so uh we can always uh do a if a focus episode on that perhaps down the road Sounds uh, good. We, we do actually have some news to talk about though this was actually a pretty uh pretty busy week in gaming uh so first off starting with playstation plus so if you are a playstation plus subscriber there are some big changes coming down the road uh potentially you know if it's something that you're interested in so they posted a blog post and to just kind of uh, read through here a little bit, uh, Jim Ryan has on the blog post here, since launching PlayStation Plus in 2010, Sony Interactive Entertainment has been at the forefront of innovation with game subscription services. We were thrilled to be the first console membership service that included a refreshed library of games through PlayStation Plus, and also launched the first console game streaming service with PlayStation Now. Today, we are pleased to share with you official news about changes coming to our subscription service. This June, we're bringing together PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now in an all-new PlayStation Plus subscription service that provides more choice to customers across three membership tiers globally. Our focus is on providing high-quality, curated content with a diverse portfolio of games. Below is an overview of the three membership tiers. So basically, how this boils down is there's three tiers. There's the essential, which is the exactly what PlayStation Plus is right now, Nothing changes. The pricing remains the same. Your your benefits remain the same. Nothing changes. The only thing that changes is if you decide you want to buy in to one of these extra packages. So the second package being PlayStation Plus Extra, which is your base PlayStation Plus experience. But they're adding in a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. So you can download those locally onto your hard drive and play them to your heart's content. Uh, if you're in the United States, this is uh, $14.99 monthly or $99.99 yearly. And uh, they do have conversion rates on there uh, in the blog post if you're in another region. I don't know how that breaks down Canadian, uh, James, since that's where you live. Uh, yeah, they actually, they did not give that conversion. <laughs> <laughs> I you usually add like, I don't know, I'll usually add like if it's $60, it's $80 for us. So I okay. usually add like uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's usually I can do it in my mind a little bit. So like the $100 is probably going to be sitting around close to like 130 Okay. Uh, for us, which is not terrible. Because at the end of the day, like the first tier doesn't change anything. It's just mm-hmm. PlayStation Plus. I pay 80 bucks a year for that. That straight across the board. I love it. I've been using PlayStation Plus for uh, since Bloodborne came out originally. Mm-hmm. And that was 20. Oh, no. That was, yeah. 2016. 
No, uh, that was they, before that. that well, was the game 20... the game came out in 2015, I think. 15. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I've been using it for about six, seven years, and I've loved it. I've been using getting the free two games. I've mm-hmm. I've, I've experienced a lot of games that I would never have played mm-hmm. yep. because of those free games, and uh, the cloud storage has been pivotal for mm-hmm. <laughs> saving all my games and yep. making sure that I don't uh, I don't lose that. When uh, when a system if my system goes down or anything like that, the uh, so that's not a big deal. That's that's a perfect great value there. I pay for P- PlayStation Now. I pay twenty bucks a month for PlayStation oh, wow. Now currently. Okay. So the fact that it essentially for the tier up, it's only adding like for you guys, it's essentially five bucks a month uh, for mm-hmm. just getting PlayStation Now. That's that's a huge price drop for adding PlayStation Now to pay PlayStation Plus. And the yep. yearly one is just that's just that's so much that's so much cheaper. <laughs> it's a, it's a $40 increase from the previous tier and you get all of 400 games that are across PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um it's way better than paying like the the monthly subscription for it currently because that on top of it is just it's ridiculous yeah so this I, is <laughs> essentially a little a literal combination of playstation plus and playstation now in their current forms that's just combining yeah. the two so yeah if you have both of them it's you know it's kind of a no-brainer to go with the extra version uh i pers- yeah. i don't have uh playstation now i gave it a try a while ago and i wasn't thrilled about it the uh, but at the time it was streaming only. There was no there's no download option, so yeah. it's cool that they added that in there. That definitely helps. But then they have a third option here, which is PlayStation Plus Plus Premium, and this is the two previous tiers with an additional 340 games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming. A catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generations. Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in in various markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC So that's kind of a big one there, adding PC into that. Uh, Time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier so customers can try select games before they buy. Now, this is uh, in the U.S. It's $17.99 a month or $119.99 yearly, so about $120. So take the previous tier, add an additional $20, and and that's, that's what you get. So it's some pretty, uh, you know, it, it... is this is this a okay let's let's start with the elephant in the room is this a true competitor to game pass let me get your thoughts on that no but i don't I think agree. it needs to be i don't think it needs to be it's i, I it, the sad thing is we're not getting the day day and date mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. party releases and that's xbox has got a, got playstation beat for that and i don't i don't think that that's a bad thing but let's if we're going to be honest xbox kind of shit the bed last last generation <laughs> and it's doing great now that it's got that game plus i never owned an xbox in my life 
I've played them a few times. Not really my kind of console, but with Game Pass, I've been playing Xbox games. I, I've played Halo Infinite. I've played Tunic, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. been. Um, I, I just got. Um, what did I just download recently? Uh, it was the, Oh Guardians of the Galaxy, which oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. not planning on. I was wanting to play through it, but I just didn't. It never fit into my budget as something I wanted to splurge on. So mm-hmm. I was always just kind of waiting for it price to drop. But now it's on Game Pass, and I can play it for the fifteen dollars a month I pay for it. So mm-hmm. yep. it's perfect. So for this. This is giving us a lot of the back catalog of PlayStation, which everybody has been asking for for so long. And yeah, it's got a big price tag. For you, it's 120 a year. For me, it's 150. So, but at the end of the day, I'm paying 80 bucks for online services and two games a month. So I, I will <laughs> gladly drop 150 for a, a year to have access to all of these games. Uh, the only downside in my mind is the PS3 is only via cloud streaming. Mm-hmm. You can't download them to your console, which is just like <laughs> PlayStation. You built the <laughs> you built the PS3. How right. is this? Uh, how can't you figure out how to reverse engineer it? Right. I, something with that cell processor has just completely. <laughs> I, I i i don't know it's beyond me so <laughs> i'm not one one to talk so but it's it looks like it's going to be a good deal i really i'm really excited for it because it's the downloadable feature is really what makes playstation now playable mm-hmm. if i'm being honest i've pl- tried streaming it and a lot of the games streaming are not good unless you're playing like an indie game yeah so uh being able to download the games to your console that's where you're gonna really it's really gonna shine so i think being able to play the original playstation ps2 and psp generation of games there's a lot of games in those generations that i missed just because one you miss them the first time around and then two the price of those games skyrocket because of collectors so you you don't get to play them now it's going to give people a chance to go back to their roots of maybe their favorite uh game series that they've never really got to experience the beginnings of or try a bunch of new stuff like i've never played dino crisis please let there be dino crisis (laughs) i really want to give it a go well i was gonna Um, ask i was gonna say like if there's (laughs) Is there anything, you know, in these in these catalogs of games that you're like super excited for, like something that you're like, you know, fingers crossed, please, 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 you know, let this be part of the collection. So Dino Crisis apparently is one of those. Are, are there any others? Uh, there is one called I think it's called Jade Cocoon. And I used to play it. I used to rent it on my PlayStation one. And it's a weird sort of like Pokemon styled game you're like this uh you live in this tribe it's very foresty and i remember like you'll you you go out and you collect these bugs and then you take the like use the bugs to battle other monsters and then you can like merge them together and they would like there's all this mix and match rather than like evolving them you just take two of them and smush them together and you get different i remember loving that as a kid I want to go back and play it and see see if it, one if it holds up, and then two, um, I just want to play it. But like 
getting a copy of Jade Cocoon now is like $300. And I'm like, not really wanting to spend $300 just to see if it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I I get funny about emulating games that aren't NES or Super Nintendo games that are just rare or excessively expensive, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm still in that sort of mindset where PlayStation two playstation one games aren't really retro even though technically they are (laughs) is it just that you don't want to believe that it's retro does it make make you feel a little old maybe (laughs) it really does it really does (laughs) yeah i mean i I think for me like i don't know i was trying to think about this like what games from from those eras would i actually play and i'm just i'm honestly i'm not really sure i think the one thing that from the the original PlayStation that I would really want to play again is uh, Breath of Fire 3. It's, mm. I think, probably my favorite in the Breath of Fire series. Maybe Breath of Fire 4. It's a good game, but I definitely prefer 3. It, it would mostly be, I think, me going back and playing a bunch of RPGs because I'm just a big old RPG nerd. So, but I'm, I was trying to think, like, what else was there that I played on PlayStation or wanted to play on PlayStation that wasn't a heck an RPG and I don't I don't know I'm drawing <laughs> I'm drawing all kinds of blanks the same thing really applies to PS2 I'm sure there's some good stuff on there but I just I don't know like what what is on there that I can't get access to now uh, is is kind of the big question for me like I need to I need to see this catalog before I really make a decision but I'm kind of leaning no on this for me yeah i think i think i'm I'm okay with getting the the two or three games free per month and uh you know i, I don't know that i need the the extra back catalog if it if it, if it was their their new titles date and date uh i would 100 percent pay the extra for it but i think yeah. just the the back catalog which i don't get me wrong i'm glad that they're doing it it's it's you know it's a game preservation thing it's a making things readily available for people that want to play these games it's good but they're they're putting these these collections on their premium tier the ones that they know people want the most you know people can you know they can just go buy a ps4 or ps5 game you know you don't necessarily need playstation now but you know maybe it it helps save some bucks over the the course of a year or whatever but they you know they take the they they put that nostalgia factor and they put it in their highest price tier because they know people are going to want this stuff and i just i don't know i don't know that there's enough there for me but um, you know, I'm not going to disparage anyone that wants to buy into no. it, but I don't think it's for me. Yeah. But yeah, like that's, it is a lot adding 340 additional games to the, what is it? 400 that they had the last of 740 games. That's a lot to choose from. It is. It's, a, it's a huge catalog. So I hope we get some, some real rarities that you mm-hmm. just don't have because otherwise, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. There's, a, there's a, not going to be a lot there other than what everybody's kind of already got and already playing um i i completely agree like i I understand where you're coming from i probably will do it because i'm a sucker for these sort of things (laughs) and i'm like if i just want the option there i don't want to have to be like oh where i literally paid two dollars for a copy of Splinter cell <laughs> on uh the what was it, it was on epic games for like two bucks mm-hmm. and i was like well i have the gamecube version sitting on my shelf right over here 
I could just pull out the GameCube, get my cords, but that would take me time. Instead, I'm just going to pay uh, the, the price of a coffee for a new copy of it on my computer and just play it that way. So I'm, uh, I'm, I am a sucker for convenience. Mm-hmm. So if it makes it convenient for me, I'll probably still be on board. But yes, it is a little bit of a disappointment that they don't allow you to mix and match some of these options. Mm-hmm. If you had PlayStation Now already, you can't just choose and not PlayStation Plus. You can't just choose to have the now features. You basically have to buy into that tier, mm-hmm. um, which honestly, that tier seems like it's the price of PlayStation now. If I'm doing my math correctly, uh, I don't know. It's like twenty bucks a month for me, and it looks like it's fifteen bucks for that extra tier a month. So it's kind of sitting in that same ballpark. So it's not terrible. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, it is a little. Of course, they're going to gatekeep the the best stuff right. behind the yeah high paywall, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, it's interesting news. Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I really want to see what that catalog is going to look like, and uh, this is uh, this is coming out in June of this year. So, you know, hopefully, it won't be long till we till we see some more information on it and start seeing that catalog and what it's going to look like and. You know, we're only a couple couple months away from that releasing, so we will find out soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into uh, to our next topic, so Breath of the Wild Two has been uh, delayed. I'm I'm throwing in air quotes there because they never really gave a an official release date or even release window. They just said they were aiming for 2022. And apparently, you know, I, I don't know if people heard what they wanted to hear and just assumed like that's a hard date. It's coming 2022 no matter what. But they uh, they ended up putting out a video on uh, they, they put it out on YouTube, uh, probably on Twitter as well. But basically, you know, as the, the, the game's director coming out and saying this is now delayed until spring of 2023. And uh, that was pretty much it. They. You know, they, they tried hyping it up a little bit and was just, you know, please be excited. More information on the way kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it, it seemed a little strange that they they labeled it as a delay, even though they never gave us any sort of like promised window or date for the game's release. But um, I don't know. What, what what do you think about this? What are what are your thoughts on the on the delay uh, or the way it was <sighs> delivered? Um or the game itself, I'll, even. <laughs> I'll stand by the uh, statement that I always say. A delay is a good thing. And I oh, don't yeah. care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. I can wait for a video game. I want the game to take as long as it needs to, to be a good game. And I also want it to take as long as it needs to for the developers. Because mm-hmm. that means less crunch for them. They get to see their families on weekends. I don't want... Uh, and that's... Delays are good unless it's cyberpunk because <laughs> that was that's yeah, a whole other. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't turn into that. Um, <laughs> Nothing like that. Yeah, but I, yeah, I no, agree I'm, with you hundred percent on that. Like the you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm fine with it being delayed. Like I said, it was just weird that they they had to call it a delay, even though like there's never really anything official on it. Uh, anyway, I you, think I, I think they have to. I think they had to because. <laughs> Everybody, I know they didn't give us an official, they said they're aiming for 2022, mm-hmm. but if they say that, 
Nintendo fans are going, it's coming out in 2022 yeah. mm-hmm. and are adamant about it, right? Like they are, <laughs> every Nintendo Direct, they're like, where's Breath of the Wild? They, they heard Breath what they the wanted Wild? to hear, basically. Yeah. So I feel like they had to really nip it in the bud and just be like, listen, delayed to this year, like, like the next year. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I think they just needed concrete, definitive language to get it a point uh, the point across because if they said it's um uh, i don't know it might not come out this year then people said oh they said might <laughs> and immediately <laughs> jump on the might bandwagon mm-hmm. uh but yeah no i i think they just needed to be as clear as possible but although since it's going to be delayed until spring uh 2023 this means it could possibly line up with the original's release date and land six-year anniversary of Breath of the Wild One with Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild Two, which I've been I've been calling it Wilder Breath, but <laughs> <laughs> but only because they won't tell us what the actual <laughs> subtitle I, of the game is. I will have to say I'm a little surprised that it's taking six years for this game to come out right because they're they're using the same engine as the original game and you know i just i can't help but wonder what's taking so long to just piece everything together i'm no game developer so i I mean i don't i don't know i don't know what all goes into it i'm sure they have a good reason um i'm sure there's there's a lot in there that needs to be optimized using the hardware that's available to them because we all know the switch isn't the most powerful device out there. I, uh, uh, iPads are now more powerful than, than the switch, which is, uh, oh my gosh. which is crazy, <laughs> crazy to me. Um, yeah, yeah that there's m- mobile devices, you know, p- people's phones could, could, uh, you know, run a game better than a switch can. So I'm sure there's a lot of optimization that has to go into it. Maybe they're just, you know, really self-conscious about, the the product and and just making sure that it's going to be as perfect as possible which again is it's totally fine i'm okay with that put as much polish on it as you need give your developers um you know any breaks that they need don't give them any crunch that sort of stuff so that's all fine if that's part of it i'm totally okay with that too i'm just surprised and and partly because when we go back and we look at uh when we go back and look at ocarina of time and majora's mask right majora's mask came out like a year after ocarina of time now yeah, I know they it, were it rushed. A... They were rushed to do it. <laughs> yeah. um, not saying they had all the time that they would have wanted, but um, it was a quick days. turnaround. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and they just they just turned the time back when they needed to. It's all good. It's yeah. fine. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that's a good example too, right? Because that is literally a game built in the same engine using a lot of the same mm-hmm. assets, and I can't imagine like them not using a lot of what they've pre-existed in like pre-existing yeah. landforms and areas that in breath of the wild i know they've they're clearly going into the sky with this one and they've we've got clips of link falling from the sky like he does mm-hmm. in skyward sword so it's i think it's nice that they've given us that skyward sword <laughs> um polish mm-hmm. uh recently so people who may have forgotten about skyward sword can re-jump into it or jump into it for the first time if uh, breath of the wild was your first game uh it's uh yeah it's i think i can't imagine it's gonna i don't know why it's taking so long and i don't know Mm -hmm. if they're 
because essentially the game is made, it's just realigning all the pieces and designing a few new levels. And I wonder, I really hope we're getting actual dungeons. Yeah, maybe that's, that's what it is. Like maybe they just maybe they were just finely tuning like and creating and just making sure because that was the big that was a big uh that was a big complaint from the original game is that there were no real dungeons in it. So maybe that was like mm-hmm. maybe that's, you know, aside from like the overworld and everything, maybe that's sort of a core focus and uh so we're we're only seeing surface level game at, like literally because we're seeing you know, a little bit of the overworld. We're seeing a little bit of like the what's happening in the sky, but we don't know what's happening underneath all that. And these, you know, potential dungeons that could be in the game that maybe the building those dungeons from the ground up is what's taking the majority of their time and just making sure that they are good and fun and entertaining and thought provoking in the, the sense that people expect from legend of zelda dungeons so what what do you think is going gonna be like the the plot given what we've seen of link in the most recent and and the master sword in the most recent clips it's a a good question because they you know they said they didn't want to they didn't want to give the actual name of the game yet because whatever it is is going to kind of spoil what's happening in the game itself so uh, there, it, it definitely leaves a lot to the imagination, but I, I you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not really sure. He's got, it kind of looks like a robotic arm and the, the yeah. sword is all kind of, you know, corrupted up. Yeah. and yeah, decaying. Mm-hmm. I, so, okay. <laughs> put people on, have, let's put on our, there on have our been fan theories hats. that you're playing as Ganon. Um, so I, oh. I wonder if any of that, like. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's Um. okay. So this is funny because yesterday I recorded the podcast for the mostly normal gamers and we talked about this and I had a theory. I've not read any of the fan theories and I had a theory. What if Ganon went inside of Link instead of the Ganondorf and it's Link fighting off Ganon, the infection of Ganon, much like, um, what is it princess mononoke the the main character from princess mm-hmm, mononoke mm-hmm, is yeah. infected with essentially a demon yeah and he has to fight it off he doesn't really have it like he's not going to survive this but he needs to right as many wrongs that this evil has touched and uh but yeah i just thought like the first breath of the wild had so many princess mononoke like moments mm-hmm I would I want to say they had like the the creature on the mountain that very much rem- reminded me of like the the god beast from that movie they had uh you could ride deer you could have the outfit that is blue with a red uh hood just like uh I can't think of his name but the main character from that mm-hmm. movie and so like and and then of course the art style was very it's it's got this cartoony cell shading light over top of 3d models. And, uh, it's, it's incredible. I love what they've done with that game. So I feel like this is just like that next step. And I was like, what if, what if Ganon's inside (laughs) a link and it's going to be this internal battle, Mm -hmm. but now I've got one more step. What if, because we've seen Zelda and there's rumors that you might be able to play as Zelda. But I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that was rumors in the, when the first breath of the wild came out or that link might be female 
what if we play as Link for half the game and then he goes too far, is corrupted, and we have to play as Zelda and we have to stop Link and, or at least save Link from Ganon? I think that would be very interesting. Uh, I feel bad for Nintendo because I think a lot of fans would not take uh, would not take kindly to that. Everyone, you know, everyone's just like, yeah, you know, there's so many purists out there, right? That this is this is my Zelda. Don't touch my Zelda. Yeah. Like, so I, I feel like there could be a, a a good bit of backlash if they do something like that. But I think that would be really cool. Um, I think that would be really neat to 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 be able to play as Zelda in in some capacity, whether it's like a character selection at the beginning, or if the, you know you kind of kind of maybe maybe there's chapters right where you bounce back and forth between them. Um, you know, um, yeah, yeah. I I would be interested to see how they do that. Or like you said, half the game is Link, too much corruption. Play as Zelda. I think that would be kind of a a nice uh, turn on things. So yeah. I don't think it'll happen. I just yeah. like the I like the excitement of this yeah. sort of like what if moments. And but I gotta say, I'm sure it'll be a great game regardless. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I'm just I'm I'm just so curious to know what the title is because they're they're keeping the name of the game so under wraps because they're afraid it's going to give away whatever the 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 main plot is going to be. So so what I'm hearing is you do not think it's going to be Wilder Breath. I do not think it's going to be wild. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. No, I... <laughs> so, oh boy. Yeah. Looking forward yeah, well, to that. We got a year, a year to, yeah. year well, to wait you, on that one. If you think about it too, I mean, when they, you know, we're coming into our next topic here, which is E3 being canceled. Now, Nintendo usually has a presence at E3. They have a direct at E3. I'm curious to know, usually at those presentations, they will show games that are ready to be released within a year of that date. So basically from June of current year to June of next year, we can usually expect to see a number of releases being uh, showcased during that time. So I wonder, even with E3 being gone, and again, we'll, we'll touch on that here in a second, I wonder if they will still have a direct around the same time. And if they do, will they show... Breath of the Wild 2. Will we get our next look at the the game? Will we get the title of the game? It's kind of that's what I want to know. Is when we're going to actually see it. I think that would be the perfect one more thing to their E3 and I oh, think yeah. I think that that's they almost have to do it. It's getting to that point where we've been waiting for this game for what is it 3 years now since they've re revealed that they were working on it. I th I it's think so. Yeah, it was uh, 20, 2019, I think it was because it was right before it was right before the it was basically what the the last E three we had before the pandemic. Mm hmm. Because twenty twenty they didn't have a direct, and there was no E three in twenty twenty. Yeah, there was no direct around that time frame. They were actually pretty silent all year. They they released Animal Crossing and they just let that print money for them for the entire year uh so we didn't really get a whole lot <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and right. then it's been you know it's been pretty much silent uh ever since yeah i think it was 2019 so yeah about three years gosh Crazy. yeah so it's it, we've been sitting on this it's not 
I, I don't want to say it's not like Nintendo to release uh, to reveal something way before it should have been revealed. Uh, <coughs> Metroid Prime Four, um, but uh, <laughs> the the fact is like they they've been pretty like close to their release dates whenever they've shown something um, in the last little while. Like look at just came out was Kirby's um, the what is it the Forgotten Land or mm-hmm. yep. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And it's that was less than six months, right? They showed it to us. They gave us a demo a couple months later, and then it's now it's here and you are playing it on stream. Mm-hmm. So and so it it that was one of them. Another one was the um uh shoot. Animal Crossing was another really quick turnaround and um Mario Odyssey was another quick turnaround. There's so many of these games during the Switch era that are big Nintendo games that they literally were like, hey, surprise, and it's coming out this year. Uh, Metroid Dread also, same year, right? Within Mm -hmm. six months of Mm -hmm. their showing of Metroid Dread, they released the game. And so I feel like they're trying to keep all of their uh, games really close to the chest. Mm -hmm. And while they did reveal that they are working on uh, Breath of the Wild 2, I feel like they realized that they've, oops, probably shouldn't have done that yeah. just yet. <laughs> I think next time um, they make a Zelda game, like they should probably just wait till it's ready to be released. They have an actual release date in hand that's achievable before they announce it. <laughs> because mm-hmm, it's just, it's yeah. a running, it's a running problem with Zelda games now where they just, they announce it and it's not ready for years uh, until years after the fact, so... Yeah, no, and I think that's kind of where we're sitting is we got to I don't want to be excited about a game for like that many years mm-hmm. because then it just gets you like whenever you I don't know when I don't know about you, but whenever you see the news, you get hyped about it and then you mm-hmm. remember, oh, right, I'm still waiting like three, four years. Until and get and to play just this, like you so. said, with with Metroid Prime 4, every time there's a direct Metroid Prime 4 is just looming over our heads. And we're just yeah. waiting with bated breath. When are they going to show more of this game? Like, when do we when do we see anything on this game besides a logo? <laughs> and it ruins your experience for everything else they're showing in that direct. Right. Because you get you're so expecting... bent on wanting to see that one thing mm-hmm. that they show you five or six other things that you might be interested in. But it's not that one thing. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get. Oh, well, that was a bad direct, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> but um, I tend to I tend to usually like the directs um, because I kind of I kind of see it for what it is. I, I think I'm one of those that because I, I I I love the diversity of Nintendo games and the games that they release that I'm able to kind of go in without just waiting for that one big announcement. Um, so I usually end up really liking the directs. Mm-hmm. So I do too, and they they haven't. There hasn't been a lot that has like wowed me. The last mm-hmm. one they did did wow me, but that's mostly because there's like three games that I was significantly interested in, mm-hmm. and the biggest one for me was Mario Strikers, which yeah. was probably one of my favorite Mario sports games I've ever played. And I hate mm-hmm. soccer, so <laughs> it's it says something, right? <laughs> So, yeah. um, so speaking of E3, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so a while ago, I think this was, uh, I think this was even like late last year. It was confirmed that there wasn't going to be an in-person E3 this year at, at the event. So we, I think, 
collectively, we all kind of assumed that uh, there would maybe be a digital a digital event like we had last year. So, uh, so I, I have an article here from IGN uh, that says that the, and this was written by Re- Rebecca Valentine. I'm just going to kind of grab some things out of this because it's a, a, you know, don't want to read through the whole thing here, but uh, it says the news broke via tweet from Razor PR lead Will Powers, who said that it, that an email had been sent out announcing the cancellation of a digital E3 event. IGN independently, independently verified the contents of the emails as well. And then I'm just going to skip down. There's an update that says the ESA has shared an official statement with IGN confirming E3 2022's cancellation and announcing that E3 will return in 2023 with a reinvigorated showcase, whatever that means. Well, they say we will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase We'll bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. So we didn't have an E3 in 2020 because of the pandemic. We had a digital event last year, and now we have nothing, but they are promising that they're coming back in 2023. How do you feel about this? I, I, I think I've kind of not moved past E3. Because I do love that one kind mm-hmm. of like week of we're just going to get exciting game mm-hmm. news. But I think I'm kind of moving past like the E3 model of it. I've never been to it in person. I have been to conventions and I like going to conventions for the most part. I, I get anxious around huge groups of people. So I get overwhelmed pretty quickly. So I would always watch E3 through the, the digital means, right? Mm-hmm. And when uh, companies like Nintendo and Sony decided to separate from E3 and do their own like presentations within the same month, I was fine with that because mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this this is perfect. They Maybe give the same me week in all a lot the of cases. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I feel really like that's that's kind of the model I was imagining. I feel like we still need to have those announcements in a short block. I think, yeah. what was it? Jeff Keighley did his uh, Summer, Summer Games Game Fest, Fest yeah. which I struggled to watch it was a mess. all of this. It was just everywhere, It was a, right? it was a like, dumpster yeah. fire, yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> he there were like 20 events spread out over, over the entire summer, and it was just like a spoon feeding, like a drip feed over the course of the entire summer instead of having that like that block, that weak block of just, you know, just a blitz of all the events, all the news, all the updates. And, and we kind of got everything sort of at one time. And, yeah. and, and instead then IGN tried doing their own thing. And then uh, I think, you know, maybe GameSpot tried doing something. So it was like, everyone was kind of, uh, the, the, the publishers were trying to do their own things as well. So it's like, everyone's doing their own thing. And it was just a huge dumpster fire mm-hmm. whereas when you have e3 i know a lot of people are down on e3 you know oh e3's dead it's dying it's you know it's done and um it, the way i see it i actually really like e3 and i like it for a number of reasons one me and my brother and a couple friends we always get together like that weekend where all the the main keynotes are taking place and we'll get food and we'll just hang out we'll have a really good time and if e3 is gone that's kind of gone too unless you know, it all gets sort of 
lumped back into a single week again under whatever banner. It doesn't really matter as long as it has that kind of format to it. But on the other hand, um, again, it, it was it was structure for the gaming industry to say this is when we're gonna do, like we're gonna all just give all the all the big things now we're gonna we're gonna push out all this information all these you know give you new uh, new IPs new updates new uh, games info like all these things that you get all at one time and and it, it it's a structure that I think was was sorely missed in 2020 and I think it's gonna be sorely missed again because people are looking at this and they're going to say, now's our opportunity to try and do our own thing. And I just anticipate it being a complete disaster again. Yeah. And they're going to want to pick dates that are away from other uh, developers so they can separate themselves. out. Right. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with you. I want it contained. I want it and give me that one week of just intense video game stuff so I can take it all in and digest Mm -hmm. it. Exactly. But yeah, the, uh, the, the drip feed throughout the whole summer is it's exhausting because then I'm trying to plan when I can view all this sort of stuff sporadically rather than just knowing that. All right. So for this week, I'm done. It's the same thing with like, I know when uh, AGDQ and SGDQ happen, I have my TV on and we're just mm-hmm. watching speedruns yeah. for the most part. right <laughs> <laughs> So it's uh those are like blocked out weeks of condensed mm-hmm. video game absorption yeah and uh i like that i like that i know it's just ads right we're just watching advertisements but <laughs> it gets you so hyped and so excited for what's coming out i need something like that like a big event that can do it mm-hmm. and unfortunately yeah jeff Keeley's summer games <laughs> yeah Mess. It was a, his mess it was a mess um <laughs> it's yeah it wasn't what i was hoping for because then i was like tracking all these random dates and mm-hmm. it felt like he was just throwing his, his like his his uh logo on top of like oh you're doing an event here let me host it for you right um right like and it didn't feel like it was really I, I'm good for him. I know he's Canadian. He's doing a really good job at what at his uh, his game awards. Uh, I do like those, even though again they're mostly just advertisements. But um, I think that yeah, he it needs to be a consolidated week, and losing that is going to be a it's going to be a hard couple of years if we don't get another E3. Yeah, because it's going to take a while before somebody figures out how to get it all together again right yeah so we'll see i mean we'll see if they if they do come back bigger and better than ever in uh in 2023 hopefully so um but yeah we'll see i you know maybe someone will swoop in and kind of uh create a a more superior experience or create something that you know publishers developers aren't going to want to go back to the ESA and E3 and just say, now we're going to do this thing. So they could be shooting themselves in the foot here, but we'll, you know, we'll have to see what things look like in 2023. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think now is probably a good time. I mean, that was, that was our main, uh, main topics for the episode. So, uh, you know, I think now is probably a good time to just, you know, maybe talk about what we've been playing. I do want to first kind of just, uh, marvel at how insane this game has been or how, insane this year has been for game releases so essentially 
And this is just this is just like the larger titles. There's absolutely some smaller titles that came in. But listen to this list that up until the point of this recording, these games have all released this year. We had Pokemon Legends Arceus, Dying Light 2, Lost Ark, Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, Triangle Strategy, Tunic, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, Ghostwire Tokyo, Kirby and the Forgotten Kingdom, and Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. These have all released. That's insane. This is too much. I was, I've been saying, I was like, the games need to... When they said the delay for Breath of the Wild, I was like, thank god uh, right <laughs> i i don't have enough time in my life to be playing all these games right now and like even elden ring i'm a huge souls fan and i've had to put elden ring on the shelf because i need to finish some of these other games mm-hmm. that are going yeah i've got horizon going on right now and i'm nearing the end but it's still a massive game and mm-hmm. i'm trying to do as much as i can in that game and so i feel like i've like done it all and i can shelve it but i was playing horizon i was playing uh last of us part two again for uh, Mm -hmm. for my streams and i was playing elden ring these are three third person um adventure games with different dodge buttons it was driving me (laughs) nuts so i had to be like i am not giving enough of my attention to elden ring to get i'm not giving it the respect it deserves so i had to put it (laughs) put it aside and say, I will come back to it when I can give it a hundred percent that it absolutely deserves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, we're, we're, we're feasting. We are. <laughs> and we absolutely it's, are. it's, yeah, it's, we're getting like three full meals and, or, <laughs> and we're sitting here trying to finish it all and uh, eat, eat all the scraps as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's. Yeah. I oh mean, boy. I, I've gotten through the majority of, of Arceus. I haven't finished it up yet. Um, I started Lost Ark, which is a, actually a really good game. It's, it's basically an MMO Diablo and uh, had a lot of fun with that. I haven't finished it yet, but it's, it's one that I, I really want to go back to uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I started and I made it a decent way in decent chunk. I think there's still a ton more of that game I have to play though. Um, and then Elden Ring came out and I sort of just dropped everything to, to dump a bunch of time into Elden Ring. I didn't beat that either, but I have a good 80 hours in it. Um, Triangle Strategy, I want to play that. I want to play Stranger of Paradise. I really want to play Ghostwire Tokyo. I want to play Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Uh, I, am, I am working on Kirby. I've been playing that on stream. So uh, that's one that I'm going to just... I'm going to focus on doing that on stream so that I can get that beaten and out of the way. What an incredible game, by the way. Um, you know, you, you, you kind of go in with a certain mindset of, I know what Kirby games are. I know what I'm getting myself into. And this, this game really exceeded expectations for me. Uh, if, if anyone is on the fence about Kirby, you should just get it. It's, um, it, it's not, uh, it's not a hard game. It's not, you know, it's getting to a point where it's not, super easy either like um you kind of have to respect it a little bit more than you could with other kirby games but it's it's absolutely worth worth playing um uh, yeah i can't i i'm i'm kind of it's kind of blown me away i'm I'm stupefied by it (laughs) i was watching your stream last night and uh i was like wow this looks way more than what the demo like you're leveling up abilities and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and i was like what there's like level up systems for different power-ups and 
it, yeah. it, there's a lot more to it right and i was like this is not what i was what getting out of the demo mm-hmm. and uh because i played the demo i was like it's it's fine it feels like a kirby game it felt in 3D. Like a Kirby, yeah yeah and i was like that's that's really good that's but honestly i felt like i in the last couple of years i've grown out of kirby games mm-hmm. i i love them like i grew up playing um the original on game boy that was the first game i've ever actually beaten as a kid and nice. i played a shit ton of superstar with friends mm-hmm. and it was a huge like that game was just absolute mastercraft of a game for the super yeah. nintendo and uh so i grew up loving kirby a lot and the last Kirby game that really got me excited was Epic Yarn. And that was a whole different style of Kirby game. Mm-hmm. And mostly because I could play it with my kids. Well, like when my, my firstborn was uh, was really little, I would play it with her. And it was it was perfect because if they died in the game, you just come right back. And there's no the only penalty is you don't get enough coins at the end of the game mm-hmm. or end, end of the level. Or whatever they were, buttons or diamonds or there's something, they're gems or something. But yeah, it's that game was great. It was it, beautiful music. It just incredible little levels. I really enjoyed it. Other than that, they've all kind of been the same, very samey, yeah. co- copy and pasty. Um, and so when I when I played the demo, I was just like, this just feels like more of it in 3D. I was oh, like, yeah. I, I was really <laughs> hoping it would hit more of that uh mario odyssey kind mm-hmm. of feel or yeah. the uh just like expanding to a different uh, to another degree and it didn't do it for me but watching you play it i remember turning to uh my partner who was sitting on the couch and uh i didn't say anything to her but she just like you're gonna buy it aren't you <laughs> i was like <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah the... she just had that look <laughs> the the demo did zero justice to to that game so like if you play the demo and you're like this isn't a game for me uh you may have to you know watch some gameplay watch a stream or just pick it up for yourself and give it a try because i promise you this game is way more in depth it's way more beautiful it's it's uh just way more enjoyable than anything you could expect after playing the demo did absolutely zero justice i think that was it was a it was a really a poor decision uh, on Nintendo's part, because I almost didn't buy the game after playing the demo. I'm like, I don't know that this, uh, you know, it's like you said, it's it's basically it's Kirby mixed with Mario 3D World. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the initial trailer, I thought, oh, this is this is Kirby Odyssey. Yeah. And when I played the demo, I'm like, it's not that. It's Kirby 3D Mario 3D World, and that's that's cool. That's that's a you know nice new take. I don't know if it's for me, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what it was. I, you know, I watched the, you know, there's a little sizzle reel trailer at the end of the demo. I'm like, you know what? I think there's enough here that I'm, I'm going to give the game a try. And I'm so glad I did. Like I said, it it blew my expectations kind of out of the water. Like it's, it, it doesn't break the mold. It's, it's nothing groundbreaking, but it takes Kirby and it takes that sort of classic formula, but it just, it really amplifies it. It adds in enough new stuff without getting too wacky or crazy. And it's just good. It's just good gameplay um, all around. There's fun little side levels that you can do. Some of them, you know, they get, things get more challenging as you go through the game too. So that, you know, your first world or two is going to feel basic ass Kirby, right? Um, mm-hmm. At that point you have just most of your, your regular copy abilities. You have your, 
expected Kirby gameplay style. And it's like once you start evolving your your copy abilities and they have, you know, different move sets, they look different. Um, they really are really functional, smart, fun evolutions of those powers. And I, I, I actually evolved one last night that blew my mind. I was I was gushing over how cool of an upgrade it was. Um and I, I just couldn't get over it. I'm like, this is this is amazing. <laughs> And uh, I'm excited to see what some of the other ones are because um, so far all of the I, I'm guessing there's three tiers to everyone. And I've gotten a couple of the tier three uh, evolution powers unlocked and they're just they're so cool because um, I was kind of complaining earlier on in the run. Like, I wish there were more powers because there's not really a ton of there's a there's a decent amount. Don't get me wrong, but there's not as many as I expected. Uh, like, I think mm. Kirby Superstar had a pretty, pretty huge, uh, array of copy abilities that you can get. I feel like this game has less than that, but when you factor in the evolutions and, and the way that they kind of change the play style of those abilities, you really are getting more than, than it initially appears to be. So that's, you know, um, it just, you know, play it, it's worth it. It's, it's a hundred percent worth it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I'm definitely uh, think I'll be p playing it at some point. Yeah. I, I'll probably cave and uh, <laughs> get it because, yeah, it's it it looked a lot of fun when you were playing it, and I was like, this does not look like the game I was playing when I mm -hmm. played the demo. So, yeah, it that, that convinced me. So I can't. Yeah, I'll probably be picking it up. Maybe not just yet, but mm -hmm. within uh, the next couple weeks. Yeah, and then I feel like Tunic has kind of gone under the radar. And you said earlier that you absolutely love that game. So uh, without spoilers, because I I don't know if you beat it. Yeah. I haven't beaten it yet. Um, I'll just say I I got the the hook shot, mm -hmm. and I'll just kind of kind of leave it at that. So I don't know where you're at in the game, but uh, I've beaten it. I've, I've oh, you rolled okay. credits, nice. and I did it with uh, essentially a hundred percent collection. Oh, that's of... awesome don't okay so you're collecting pages <laughs> sorry let's just so tunic is a game where you're playing as it's very legend of zelda mm -hmm. meets dark souls yeah and it's unabashedly legend of zelda meets dark souls yeah mm -hmm. you play as this adorable <laughs> little fox in this like very soft polygonal world and you there's there's everybody you talk to or anything anything you read is in this weird language that's undecipherable and occasionally you'll like adventure you'll find your sword you'll find your shield you'll adventure along and you find something that kind of like de declares what you need to do like oh you got to ring the two two bells is your first thing which is very uh, homage to dark souls and um and you go off doing it and the game is difficult like it's mm -hmm. it's a challenge but it's not like it's not kicking your teeth dark souls yeah. difficult right um and uh but you do the most interesting thing is you find these pages mm -hmm. and when you look at the pages it's an old nes super nintendo era instruction manual that you would get with these video games and most of the the it's drawn out the way they would they would be mm -hmm. like the classic mario one yeah. with you get a couple characters uh enemies names or how do you use your attacks and how you but through these pages, you learn there's, oh, there's secret, there's special attacks, mm -hmm. there's special abilities. Yep. 
there's oh you find that there's like oh there's a secret you can do so you're piecing it together and it's not it's still a lot of it is written in that weird language that mm -hmm. you don't understand my favorite thing is you're getting these it's like a second hand instruction manual mm -hmm. and you look at it and there's pen and ink on the pages somebody's right. writing yeah. notes or little clues or hidden stuff so you go to certain locations that you're seeing in these like screenshots and you're trying these different like it's got this weird like konami code system built into it and it took me forever to realize this but once i realized it, i was like oh you can do this and then i realized like i got this page and it told like it showed a guy doing something in front of like these uh, mm -hmm. monuments that i've been seeing all over the world and i was like wait i could have been doing that could from the very the beginning whole time, yeah <laughs> oh my god and it's like you're decipher it's like the book is giving you all the pieces to this like learning how to play the game it's like you're playing the game and then learning backwards and mm -hmm. it's really cool yeah. and i've never seen anything like it and it reminded me like being four to five years old playing my nes in my onesie on the tv on cinder bricks and not being able to read but still playing these games and loving them and trying to figure out what the heck i'm supposed to be doing and like oh i i, I see that they, this guy's selling a, a blue ring in legend of zelda i wonder what that is i gotta get it <laughs> and i'm going to daycare the next day telling all the kids it's like i'm like 20 rupees from getting the blue ring and i'll find <laughs> out what it does like it just brought all of those memories flooding back to me. And it was so cool because every time I learned something new, I was like, whoa, my head is just like my brain was exploding. <laughs> so I will say one thing, whatever you do, do not collect all of the pages before beating the game. I learned this the hard way. If you beat the game with all of the pages, you get a, you get the good ending. However, it deprives you of the final fight. Hmm. Interesting. Because, and, and it's, it's makes sense for the story, but you don't get to go back and try again. If you get the bad ending, you just get to continue from where you left off and try and get the good ending. Hmm. So do not, you'll know when you're there, but do not deprive yourself of that fight because it, I was so excited for it. And I, I was like, Oh wait, I don't, I don't get to do this because I wanted to 100% the game before I did it because I was so fascinated. That's a, By that's the a way, really good pro tip. The puzzles become absolutely insane. I had a notebook beside me. Uh, Chrissy and myself were essentially, she got really into the game too. She would like help me and she would be like taking, like writing down codes and notes based on the things that we were finding. And she was helping me like solve all these puzzles. And there's like, you literally have to decipher a, the language that is written throughout the game eventually. Oh, wow. And it is not an easy feat. And it is the puzzles. <laughs> some of the puzzles you would solve is like, the answer is just another riddle. And you're like, Oh my God, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm absolutely, this game is a love letter to the NES super NES era video games and it is so good and i strongly if you're into classic legend of zelda and if you're into uh solving like puzzles that are like a little more cerebral than pushing a block 
into a certain square this this is a game that you have to play through it's i i haven't beaten um elden ring yet so i can't really say but right now tunic is my game of the year oh wow nice i and i think it's like it just felt like it's a game built for me for the Mm -hmm. stuff that i love right and i love souls games so this is like i and i hate saying it because i know elden ring is right there and i gotta (laughs) i gotta get further than 20 hours because 20 hours is basically the tutorial (laughs) right so yeah so i tunic i strongly recommend and you can play it on game pass for like whatever game pass is yeah, I wouldn't have played it otherwise. So yeah, because I'm I'm the same way because I I think if you were to buy it on Steam, it's like thirty bucks. Yeah, if you have game so like you can get if you don't have Game Pass already, you can get like two months for a buck or something like that. Yeah, or even if you don't have that deal, it's what fifteen dollars a month. So you're paying half. If you if you play it and beat it in that in that month, you've essentially only paid half half the cost of that game. So, it, I mean, if you have Game Pass, it's it's a no-brainer for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I play it, download it, play it. I don't care. Just yeah. play it. And, play and don't it. get me it's wrong. The, the developers, they deserve they deserve the money. So you could just, just go, you know, if you don't have Game Pass, you don't want Game Pass, just go go buy it, play it. It's, it's a delight. It's a good time. Yeah. There's definitely, there's, there's room for, I think they've, uh, from what I've deciphered from like the riddles of the game, it looks like they're going to be making a sequel or want to make a sequel. So I am, I want to, we got to support these sort of indie developers. This is like hollow Knight level of the, like I want to see Mm -hmm. more of this. That's a, that's a good, yeah. 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 Because yeah, hollow Knight was a small indie team Mm -hmm. um, and they, uh, they created, possibly one of the best metroidvanias i have ever played and and the same people the the same not the same people the same uh love has gone into tunic to create one of the best uh top-down adventure games yeah that's that's what i gotta say about tunic awesome (laughs) now you hit the nail on the head on all that i mean uh the the gameplay is fun the uh you know the 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 mechanics are really good. The the instruction booklet, those pages that you get, I mean, that's that's the thing that just binds it all together because like you said, it's you know, it's kind of a backwards way. You you have to learn about the game through the context of the pages rather than the words on the pages, which mm-hmm. is really neat. And the the illustrations for it are just so beautiful. The game itself is really nice. It, it's really refreshing to have the art style that it has because we've we've sort of been uh you know, there's been a flood of games that have like these retro style graphics, 8-bit, 16-bit kind of, you know, the pixel art graphics. And this is not that. This is this is very like, um, I don't know, it's it's almost like a, a cross between like a, like, I don't know, someone took like clay or think kind of like the Legends of Zelda Link's Awakening remake they did. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, but like a little, like less sheen to it. They've um, gone with a very minimalist style yeah, with yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it no, it's great. it's good. It reminds me of those, like you'll see those, um, uh, like like those geometric drawings of like foxes and mm-hmm. and various animals, right? And it reminds me, it looks like they took 
the like the kind of the wireframe of one of those ge geometric fox heads and they made the main character based off of that yeah. almost and then yeah, they gave him that's... they gave him link's tunic basically yeah <laughs> and you can change his colors you can which yeah which is really yeah. really cool really cool so feature. we were run i was running around with a, a little gray fox with a teal nose and a teal scarf and uh because uh, i like chrissy's shoes she wanted the gray fox but and he's got an adorable little quaff of hair that flips when he <laughs> runs and it's just he's just it's so charming and the music's got like this this really chill lo-fi kind of beats that you just kind of play the game so you're never like even in like the height heightened moments it's always like soothing once you come back mm -hmm. to the game right yeah. so yeah it's good also it's <laughs> funny story have you found out how to level up your abilities Yes, because I didn't find out until I almost uh, the the first major boss the uh, in the garden. Mm -hmm. I got to him and it's like you need the the book tells you you should have, have like three attack, yeah. three defense, and three health. I was like, oh cool, I've got two in in uh, attack and defense and three health, so I should be I should be able to like kind of take him on. He just wrecked me, just wrecked me. I was like, oh, why is he doing like, why is he just I, I don't even stand a chance. That whole area was an absolute nightmare. And I was just getting wrecked left, right and center. I was like, why do enemies take so long to kill? Why do they kill me in two hits? This is insane. And then I realized once I, uh, I was like going into my inventory and uh, Chris was like, what is that? And I was like, wait, what? And I was in my inventory by a shrine, and that's mm -hmm. where you can actually upgrade. Mm -hmm. So I had collected the items for upgrading and thought that that was it. I've leveled up my attack, oh, okay. I've leveled up my health. <laughs> so I was actually running around at like equivalent of level one fox dude mm -hmm. with just carrying all of these items that I could be using to upgrade my stats. And I was like, oh, my God. And as soon as I started to upgrade, I ran through that area and I started just demolishing the enemies. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. And then I beat the boss pretty quick after that. But yeah, it took me a long time to realize that you could upgrade your stats. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I remember finding the page that that basically explains how to do it. And again, I had to infer from the context of the page based on the illustrations. You know, it was. It was mm -hmm. a little fox guy. He was sitting down in front of the shrine. And then I think there was like maybe like a bubble over his head that has like the upgrade material on there. And because I, I remember being looking in my inventory and seeing those items and be like, well, I can't I can't hover over top of them. So I can't select them. I don't know what they do. Mm -hmm. And then I eventually I found that page that showed the fox in front of the statue and then the, the button that you press to uh, to get to the level up screen. So I'm like, OK, well, let me go to. Uh, let me go to the statue and, and press the button that's on the page. And then lo and behold, I could, I could level up. So, mm -hmm. um, it, again, it was, it was learning through the instruction booklet, you know, something that I could have already have done if I knew how to do it, but it took finding the instruction book to know that I can do that. Yeah. So. I think this is going to be like a, a speed running i want to see speed runs of oh, this yeah. game because Same. it's going to be like half the uh the secrets you find or half of like the uh passages you find just pop you out of a place where it's like oh if i just walked behind this right? wall here yeah <laughs> i could have been in this really cool area way later and it's like oh my god 
this is just going to be so cool watching like w- the pathing of these speedrunners finding these certain routes and it's going to be amazing yeah yeah i can't wait all right well um i think that's that's a good spot for us to start wrapping up here so i'm going to put you on the spot i want to start a uh I, I want to, at the end of every episode, I want to end with something positive. So whether it just be a positive message, maybe like a, a recent, uh, a, you know, a win in your in your life or in a game, or you have some good advice to share with those listening, um, just something positive. Lay lay it out. What do you what do you got? <laughs> oh my! I have to give something yep. positive. Yep. Oh Go. my goodness. Um. <laughs> Oh shoot. I well I would say, you know what? Don't yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to do this. How do you have how do you, you okay. say something positive about <laughs> It could be anything. Did, did you have anything anything good happen to you today? It could even be that. Oh no. I had actually <laughs> a lot of really really bad things happen to me today. Okay. I was I actually had to go home from work because I was having like really hard time and i had to deal with some personal stuff at home but you know what i'll tell you one thing hanging out with you right now and talking for this last hour has been the most positive i've been all day and it's it has meant this alone has meant a lot to me i i'm just glad that i was able to hang out with somebody and talk about something that i absolutely love which is video games for i don't know what is it an hour hour and a half like we've just been having a great time and Mm -hmm. that's made me feel so much better um despite all of the the shit that has happened to me today so thank you for that (laughs) well there you go so there there is there is a a positive in there and i'm glad that i could help in 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 facilitating that and uh sorry to hear that it was such a such a bummer (laughs) of a day for you um As for me, yeah, I, 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 I had this, you know, in my notes for the show to have this. And I know at one point in the day I had something that I wanted to share in the section. And now I'm drawing a blank on it uh, <laughs> that I don't even know <laughs> what to say here myself. Um, other than, you know, uh, just uh, say as a, as a, as a, as a streamer myself, as a small streamer, uh, I know I know streaming is a is a big dream for a lot of people that want to maybe make it you know a, a career someday, or to have a you know big growth, big community, something like that. Just um, you know if you if you fall into that bucket and and you're struggling, um, just just don't give up. Just remember why you do it. You know if you're just just make sure that you're having fun with it. If you're not having fun and you're just looking at things and you're saying, why am I not a big time streamer? You know, maybe take a step back and, and evaluate, just make sure that if you're doing it, you're doing it for fun and, um, you know, make sure you're in a good mental state for that. So that's, that's what I have. Um, hopefully that's good advice to someone that's listening because <laughs> I'm a streamer and there's, there's days where it's, uh, I even said this on, on one of my streams, some days it's hard to hit that go live button. It can be really, um, it, it can really be anxiety inducing. If you're worried about how your stream's going to be, how many people are going to show up? Are you going to get, 
any followers or subs or whatever. And it's, you know, uh, and, and the best thing I do is just remind myself that this is, that it's for me, that it's for fun. I stream for my friends, those that, that do pop in every stream and they watch, they lurk, they chat, whatever. And, you know, it's like, if you can have just a few core people that come in that you're playing your games for, that can be all the difference in, in the mentality of that stream. So hundred percent. So, um, so yeah, that's been the show. We, we have, uh, episode one of the new format of level grinders is now, uh, you know, officially complete. It's going to go up on, you know, podcast services. If you're already subscribed to level grinders, it's going to go straight there. Um, if you want to find it on YouTube, just go to, uh, YouTube and search for level grind. I think it's level grind podcast. Uh, so you can search there. You'll find this episode once it's available. I'm hoping to have it up soon, as long as there's no major uh, technical issues with it. But uh, so you can find it there. So YouTube, podcast platforms, you know, um, all the all the places. So on that note, uh, James, one more time, uh, tell us where where everyone can find you. You can find me at, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at ButLordPrimus. That's But with two T's um, very mature. And then uh, you can watch me on Twitch at um, twitch.tv slash BLP entertainment. All right, perfect. And you can find me on uh, all social platforms at Adam Palooza 85. And then again, you can find the uh, podcast on YouTube at level grinders podcast. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, I think next we're, we're going to try and get a game of the year, 2021 episode. It's going to be coming late, but we're going to try and have, uh, James come back. We'll have Steven back. Hopefully we can get Luke Delama to join in and we're going to talk about our favorite games from 2021 because that's always a fun conversation, right? And we didn't get to have one of those, uh, earlier in the year. So, you know, better late than never, I think. So we'll have that. And of course, uh, the goal is for these to be weekly podcasts. So um, you can expect regular content for uh, level grinders, for uh, gaming uh, news and, you know, just banter. So uh, everyone, thanks again for joining and we'll see you next time.